Welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, we run down all the games we're looking forward to in 2017. Plus news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and more. What have we been playing? What games have we picked up lately? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. And welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Lance McFarlane here with D. Clark. D, have you had a good week so far? So far, so good. Lance, how you been, man? I've been pretty good. It's Wednesday today, so it is. like we're at, we're recording the day the show's going to air, so it's a little different than normal. But uh, I'm excited about the show. We were going today to talk about Harry Potter Hogwarts battle, but we we really want to have played the whole game before we talk about it. Yeah, the game is uh, a little bit bigger than I think either of us expected. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we decided to call an audible here just to make sure that we get it all seen and all played with before we gave it a review. For sure, yeah. We're on game four of seven, and I guess we never thought about the fact that like we could lose a game. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you know that's a thing I mean? that never really crossed my so, mind. Um, I want to at least get as far into the game as we can, if not completely all the way through, just so we can talk about the experience of opening up the packs and new characters being added. But i got to say, so far, I'm having a good time with the game. Um, it, it's still been like a pretty lightweight deck builder with, with a, a lot of, a lot of difficulty got added in that fourth game. Also, we got really unlucky in that fourth game. Yeah. The game there, there was definitely a difficulty spike in terms of, uh, the new cards that were added for game four. Uh, that said, um, we were, you're right. We were completely unlucky. I, I feel like we'll just blow that game out of the water the next time and go on to game five. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the fact that, what was it, six turns in, something like that, and the cheapest card in the lineup is five, uh, it, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and we were playing without, we had three people, and we were playing without the character that helps get you money. Correct. So, anyway, it was a tough game, but we're going to play it some more this week. We'll be talking about that next week, but today we're talking about all of the games we're excited about coming out in 2017, and I'm sure there's a lot more that we're not talking about today, but we've got a pretty good list for you guys. We've done this in years past, so I'm glad we're doing it again this year. Um, If you don't know, Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet, covering everything in today's designer hobby board game world. So um, if you're listening online at kxtr.com or on soundcloud.com slash bags and boards, welcome or here in Stephenville live on 100.7 The Planet. We're on Twitter at bags and boards tx at facebook.com slash bags and boards and bags and boards tx at gmail.com. Find all of this information at soundcloud.com slash bags and boards, plus all of our past reviews and interviews. And we have an RSS address up there so you can add us to your podcast podcast catcher. Um, and also up there, our new episodes go up every Thursday morning for your uh, continued listening pleasure if you're listening to this live. Um, D, let's get on to the news, but first I wanted to ask you, what else have you been up to this week besides board games? We're about to talk about board games for the next hour. Right. What else have you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Uh, putting out applications for job, new jobs, things like that, trying okay. to move up in the world. Uh, watched the uh, UK Championship, finally got that finished. For uh, WWE, yeah, the UK Championship tournament. That was the first night was fun. That second night was, I thought, incredible. I thought Michael Cole did a crazy good job on commentary. 
and Nigel McGinnis, I really love on commentary. Nigel McGinnis is just a consummate professional. I mean, the guy's pure class. Yeah. If you listen to anything he's done over there before this, yeah. uh, there's there's absolutely nothing to ever complain about with yeah. Nigel McGinnis on the mic. Yeah, he was the on-screen matchmaker for Ring of Honor and would do commentary there, but I thought he stepped up his commentary game here too. And Michael Cole, I mean, when he doesn't have someone in his ear screaming at him to promote 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 things right he did a good job yeah it was it was surprisingly good how well he called in the match um there were a few things that he missed just uh you know names of moves and things like yeah. that oh that's a oh. that's an insiguri no that was a knee to the face that yeah, that wasn't even he, a kick he does do that a lot <laughs> i noticed that too like at one point he said uh he said um what did he say he called something a michinoku driver and it was absolutely not a michinoku driver right he does that a lot, even on Monday Night Raw. He I, does that. I feel like that's why they're in his ear all the time because he does things like that. Um, I may be way off base here, but it feels like Mauro Ranello calls the match a lot better, just normally in terms of on oh, the yeah. regular WWE shows. He's great, and it it gives me the feeling like they're in Michael Cole's ear constantly, and they kind of just let him do what he wants as long as he yeah. stays within a certain range. Yeah, yeah, Mauro Anello, he's got some dumb jokes, but other than that, he's really good, and his yes. dumb jokes are funny, too. His dumb but. jokes usually get a laugh. But, yeah, the U.K. Championship Tournament was good. Um, Tyler Bate ended up winning the thing. I was shocked. I really wanted them to go with um, with uh, Pete Dunne. Right. But it was a great moment when the face went over, but, you know. But absolutely. Pete Dunne, I mean, you know, the Cruiserweight Classic was cool. They had... One story in the Cruiserweight Classic with DIY, um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa having to fight each other. Right. But this had a story running all the way through it with Pete Dunne attacking the person he was going to fight the next night at the end of the first Yeah, just night. constantly. And then he came out and attacked Tyler Bate, hurt his shoulder, so he had to fight that match with a hurt shoulder. I, I mean, you had, what's his name, um, Wolfie. Wolfgang. Uh, Wolfgang. He had a broken nose during his second match. I mean... I, I thought the storytelling in this tournament was great. If you could do good storytelling in a tournament, right. you're doing good. And I honestly thought that uh, the attack, because like Dunn had already gotten in trouble a couple of times for attacking mm -hmm. people after matches or, or before matches, depending on how you want to look at it. I honestly thought that this last time when he attacked uh, Tyler Bate, that Regal and Triple H are just going to either A, say, all right, you're, you know, Bate's hurt, so... Yeah. We're going to replace him with Wolfgang, and they were going to put the belt on Wolfgang. Do too, yeah. Or alternatively, and I thought this would have been a great angle, they disqualified Dunn yeah. and bring Mark Andrews in because he was the other semifinalist from that yeah, side yeah. of the bracket. And just be like, in front of everybody, you don't get to do this. This is the UK. We have class. You're out. But you heard Pete Dunn say that Triple H is letting me... Yeah. Like, they almost did heel Triple H here, you know? Well, I mean, after the first one... The man with three H's, as uh, Broken <laughs> Matt Hardy would say. The After the first one, that was one thing. Um, but to to potentially ruin a final like that, you know, because if, if yeah. uh, Tyler Bates unable to participate, you either have to audible and give it to the other semifinalist, which was Wolfgang, or you've ruined the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's... That's huge economic, that's huge social. I mean, it just everybody leaves with a bad taste in their mouth if they if they go that route. It's it's big implications in terms of story. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I have to say that I'm surprised that they didn't do was the obvious match between Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Right. Because them together are a tag team, Mustache Mountain. Right. So I'm surprised they didn't do that because it was just obvious, you know, but I'm glad they didn't. 
I just personally. Know. It would have been cool. I mean, it's just like the same story as Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. It's a cool story. You it, know? it is a cool story, but the matches that they set up on that side of the bracket were I thought were really yeah, good. Yeah. Mark Andrews, he's really good, but I just I can't get into him as a character. I was really into him until I noticed that the front of his tights said Mandrews. Well, that's what his name is in TNA. And I was just like, mm, no, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that's his name in TNA. Um, and I guess he's just like, well, these are the only trunks I've got. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, anyway, man, um, I for the first time in a long time, it's Wednesday morning, and I'm I, except for the last match of SmackDown, I'm 100% caught up on wrestling. Well, you're ahead of me. I got, Even NXT. I'm caught up on NXT. Too. Wow. Yeah, you're ahead of me. I got about halfway through Raw, and that's all I've got. Yeah, I, yeah. I usually catch up Wednesday night, so. Yeah, okay, okay. So, um, as we say always, if you think you've tuned into a wrestling podcast, you're wrong. We're going to just have to start a wrestling podcast. Yes, we've been, um, we've been discussing that. We'll get Will in on it. You've tuned into a board game podcast, and it's time to talk about some board games. We're going to get to the news before we talk about the games we're excited about coming out this year. But first, before we do that, wanted to thank our sponsor. Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders. Buy, sell, and trade both new and used video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-rays, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering and other collections. Card games. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, next door to the movie theater, and can be reached by calling 965 game or online at facebook.com slash game and movie traders sville and we'll get to the news right after this allison is perfect i mean she'd never tell you that she's humble and perfect she likes everyone she even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig allison wait are you texting and driving allison no that's the exact opposite of what i was just saying about you why allison why texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Playing good rock music all the time. The new KXTR 100.7 FM The Planet. Stephenville's Rock Alternative. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo would like to welcome back TSU students to Stephenville with memory foam pillows and bamboo sheet sets to ensure a full night's rest for the busy student. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo at 150 College Street and the Blue-Eyed Buffalo 2 at 970 Lingaville Highway have been furnishing dorms, homes, and apartments for years. More information can be found by searching Blue-Eyed Buffalo on Facebook. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo, furniture, Texas style. All right, and to the news, D-Tabletopia has announced that they're going to be running a single elimination two-player Keyflower tournament on February 10th. The winner will receive a signed copy of the game and a chance to play Keyflower on Tabletopia with the co-designer. With the quarterfinalists all getting a six-month free subscription to Tabletopia, registration at Tabletopia.com ends February 1st. This is pretty cool, right? I'm super excited about this. I mean, it's a good idea. Like, I mean, I'm glad they're doing the first one. It's Keyflower. I mean, they could. I mean, a lot of people love Keyflower. I've just right. never played it. But uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm excited when they do a tournament of a game. I do know, you know. Um, for me, it's just conceptual wise the fact that they're running tournaments and there are uh, reasonably significant prizes. Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody's going to get rich playing this particular tournament yeah. and that's not to me that's not what it's about but there is something on the line and they are uh, promoting you know competitive with competitiveness within the community on yeah. tabletopia which i think is a really big thing yeah yeah and you can also sign up to be a referee so they're doing like 
actual full-on tournaments where someone's there watching the right, game go down. Right, which is great. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Tabletopia is such a – I mean, it's cool that it's a good enough system that it can support a tournament. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So in real time, t- I mean, yeah, it, it's cool. So Tabletopia, if you want to do that, that's on February 10th. Fireside Games, D, you'll like this, has announced a new game called Hot Shots by Justin DeWitt. This is a pusher luck style game that has you taking on different roles as you fight forest fires. The different roles each have unique abilities that you can lose if your home tile gets destroyed. I asked uh, Justin on Twitter uh, what where he would compare the depth to his other games. Right. And he said it's got more depth into strategic choices and castle panic, so it's a little heavier but still approachable. I'm, I'm in. Coming out in May, late May. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's got a cool theme. Um, I, I would like to have a game with this theme from a different designer publisher. I like Justin DeWitt's stuff, but I would like it. I would like a game with this theme on, on a on a style of game I really like. Right. Uh, the DeWitts collectively, him and his wife both, uh, they make really good lightweight games, good filler games, good things that are uh, very approachable, very good entry level games for newer gamers. Yeah. Stuff um, that you really like, right? Yes, yeah, some stuff that I love to play. Yeah. Um, this this appears to be a good like borderline between intro and mid level game. Yeah, I'm curious to see more about it. I'd like to get my hands on it whenever uh, May rolls around. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, Hot Shots um, coming from Fireside Games, uh, and you're a big Fireside fan, huh? I am a pretty big Fireside fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got I've got uh, two or three of their games uh, yeah. personally. And uh, I've recommended a couple more to friends. So Awesome. So uh, let's see. Thames and Camos. Camos. Thames and Cosmos. Cosmos. <laughs> it's going to be reprinting the Grail game. And this is a Grail game. Pillars of the Earth in late 2017, early 2018. It's a worker placement game based on the best-selling first book in Ken Follett's Kingbridge series. They will also be releasing a game based on the third book of the series called A Column of Fire. But they didn't mention reprints of the second book called uh, World Without End. There's a game based on the first two books, and now there will be a game based on the third. Okay. But that first one, um, Pillars of the Earth, is a really popular game that hasn't been in print for a long time. So if you've wanted that game, it will be out at the end of this year, early next year. Fantasy Flight Games has announced the next set in Star Wars Destiny called Spirit of the Rebellion. 160 new cards spanning all of the star, all of Star Wars, but focusing mainly on Rogue One, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. You've got to have a focal point for any sort of uh, collectible set. Yeah. It might as well be something that's fairly current. And popular. And popular, of course. Um, the Surprised fact- they didn't call it Rogue One. I'm glad they didn't, Yeah, honestly. Um, have a little bit of creativity. Uh, you know, this is obviously the source of inspiration, but this is our own thing. I really like that. Um, the game has been quite quite popular here locally. Really? Um, I, don't, I haven't looked at numbers for how it's doing, you know, nationwide or, yeah, or yeah. worldwide for that matter. But the fact that they've released an expansion for it doesn't terribly surprise me. I'm really glad that they did. So it's doing good here even with the, like, higher cost of the booster packs? and Yes, um, a lot of, not all, but a lot of the really competitive Dice Masters players that I've talked about getting frustrated with WizKids yeah. have jumped ship. Oh, really? Yeah. So Dice Masters is just kind of taking a turn here locally. Yeah, here locally it's certainly taking a turn for the worse. Are there uh, people that still play it? Because I don't see it hardly at all in town anymore. There are some people who still play it locally. Um, there are not very many people who are playing it uh, anything even approaching competitively. So you might buy a few booster packs here and there, but nobody's collecting sets or anything like that. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. For Monty Cook Games, I hadn't heard of this. It's called No Thank You Evil, um, designed by Monty Cook. It's an introductory-style RPG for families with young children to introduce them to RPGs. You create a character from a sentence about who you are and want to be. Um, you can do more description for older players. Okay. Uh, you're you're do, having adventures in a land called Storia based around childhood imagination. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool, right? So you could say, I want to be a brave knight who rides a dinosaur. Sure. You know what I mean? Done. The, the done cover, and done. The cover of the <laughs> core book is really cool because it's just got 10 really crazy things like that going right. on. Like, you know, a spaceship and a dinosaur and, you know. I'm totally okay with this. I am too. This would be something I would definitely get to play with Luke later on to introduce him to RPGs. Yeah, the imagination of kids is uh, literally limitless. And the fact that you can, it at least appears, you can do anything that the yeah. kids want uh, gives the, the system a lot of flexibility and will keep older players in, entertained as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about that. It's called No Thank You Evil from Monty Cook Games. Um, so last bit of news. ten top, I thought this was interesting. Top 10 most purchased games uh, from December, according to BGG. Codenames, Seven Wonders, Duel, Scythe was number three. Arkham Horror, the card game, the new one, Mechs vs. Minions, Codenames Pictures, Pandemic, Pandemic Legacy, Seven Wonders, and Patchwork. So you've got Codenames, Codenames Pictures, Seven Wonders Duel, Seven Wonders, Pandemic, Pandemic Legacy. So right. six of them of the top ten are taken up by three, th- type three, you know. Basically three games. Yeah. Um, and then Scythe, I thought, I mean, number number three for Scythe, I mean, that's a big, expensive game. It is a big, expensive game, and it had been out for a couple of months already. You know, Scythe came out in end of quarter three, I think. Yeah. You know, September, something like that. Um, so the fact that it was still that high, yeah. despite it being out for several months and that market has already been at least partially satisfied. And because of how insane the Kickstarter was, yes. it had so many backers and made so much money that people were actually talking about at that point how like, no more are going to sell because everyone that wanted it bought it. Yeah, that was certainly one of my talking points whenever we were talking about it. Was, it's just, why are you producing this game for game stores? Because everybody's already got one. But apparently, I was dead wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, I, pretty interesting. And Codenames is just rocking it. I and, mean. Oh, yeah, Codenames is, I mean, there's absolutely nothing to ever complain about playing Codenames. Yeah, it's just a great game. Codenames is still outselling Codenames Pictures, so that one hasn't gone up above it at all. So Personally, that doesn't surprise me. I know I was kind of in the minority on that one, but I just prefer Codenames to Pictures. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me something. What was the problem you were saying? You can, you can like, if you only need one word or one picture off of yeah. the, the thing, you can literally just say whatever that thing is. Oh, because, like, a knight could also be a suit of armor, so there's no like exact thing it is, so you can't say that you can't say it. Right. And yeah. and like a lot of the pictures are creative, like the knight might be holding a baseball bat. Yeah, he's got a button for a shield and a broom for a sword. Yeah, there you go. Um but you can still if you need them to say knight, you can just still just say knight one. Yeah, that's and then they boring. go, huh, maybe it's the knights. So you got to have a group where you're saying, no, don't do that. You need to be creative. Yeah, but the rules specifically say you can do that. It's fine. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that is pretty interesting. Uh, Kickstarter, the only thing going on on Kickstarter that I saw that uh, seemed like of interest to people, uh, if you haven't gotten Alien Frontiers before, the, the Kickstarter is called Alien Frontiers Relaunch. It's only half funded. I mean, 
These Alien Frontiers Kickstarters keep failing, but it's just such a good game. They keep I mean, trying, and it's more or less on track. It's half-funded with 13 days to, to go. That's a that's a realistic track there that, that it could make. That really is, and there's like the 48-hour push, which you know you get a lot in the last 48 hours. Right. I guess these days you just expect games to be funded in like the first 24 hours, but I guess that doesn't have to always be the case. Big games certainly are. You know, things that, that people are already uh, excited about. Uh, that said, Alien Frontiers has tried and tried and tried. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it looks like they may make it this time. It's going to be close. Yeah, so you can get the base game, the factions expansion, and uh, a brand new promo pack, and you can get co- different combinations of those. So, D, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the games we played, the games we picked up, and new board game releases. We'll be right back. Around here, water is our heritage and our future. It's vital to plants, animals, people, and our economy. It provides unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a res- responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. So remember that things like fertilizers, animal waste, chemicals, and trash can wash into our waterways. Use water wisely and learn more about water stewardship by going to lakegranberrywatershed.org. This message brought to you by the Lake Granberry Watershed Partnership. KXTR 100.7 The Planet is proudly supported by Golden China Restaurant in the Bosky River Center. Located next to the movie theater, Golden China offers lunch, dinner, and takeout all day with a buffet option during lunch. A full menu can be found by searching Golden China on Facebook, otherwise they can be reached at 254-968-5522. Golden China Restaurant, offering an international alternative to Stephenville for over 30 years. You can't miss cruising the planet. We've got hard-hitting questions. How long can the koalas hold food in their stomach? Musical performances. Don't stop, make it pop. DJ, blow my speakers up. Tonight, I'm a fight till we see the sunlight. The award-winning Cruising the Planet. Who was the idiot that gave you that award? You. Every Wednesday from 10 to 12 <laughs> and Thursdays 4 to 6. I do not get KXTR tired of that bit. KXTR The Planet. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. If you just joined us, you're listening to Bags and Boards here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet, the board game review and discussion show here on The Planet. Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville, carries a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and much more. They also host groups and tournaments for all these games, plus Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer, and much more. For more information, they can be reached at 965 Game or at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. So, D, let's talk about some games we played this week. Did you get anything played besides Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle? Because I'll be honest, that's all I got played. I got the rule book read for the networks, which I'm excited to play that game. Right. Which we're covering in two weeks. But um, did you play anything else? I got a little bit played. I uh, got a game or two of Catan in. Uh, played a little bit of solitaire games, just you know, nothing serious. Yeah. Um, got a game of the uh, Settlers of Catan dice game in. Okay. Somebody, somebody at the shop was asking, you know, what is this thing? Because my copy just sits over there and collects dust most of the time. So pulled it out and got to demo that. It was a lot of fun. Um, let me think. What else? Played a little bit of deck building with the uh, Lord of the Rings deck building games as well. Okay. Uh, got to got to destroy the One Ring. That was fun. Really? Yeah. Um, that's, that's really about it though. I didn't get a whole lot of gaming in this week aside from, uh, playing Harry Potter for the show. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of gaming. I don't know what your definition of a whole lot of gaming is, but that's a whole lot of gaming. Uh, Fair enough. Um, so anyway, I played Harry Potter 
that was it. I had a funeral to go to, other stuff to do. You had a I very, had a, I had a busy, crazy. Yeah, week. you had a very crazy and and time filled week. Yeah, for sure. Plus, you know, always two year old. That'll do it. Th- that's that <laughs> always that always eats into the schedule. Yeah. So, um, what games we picked up? D. I got a copy in of Conan from Asmodee. Okay. Originally produced by Monolith and kickstarted by them, but picked up by Asmodee for release here in the U.S. And this game is gigantic yes, and gorgeous looking and full of miniatures that I don't plan on painting, which kind of stinks. Like, they would look so cool painted. Right. But I just, I'm not going to do it, and I know I'm not going to, so I'm not going to say I am. That's fair. But, I mean, I'm sure the game will be just as fun playing without them painted, but it would look cool with them painted. Oh, absolutely. It's got a ton of miniatures. I would like, uh, if the game's really good, there's a lot of expansions out there with different monsters and stuff. Right. So it's a one versus one versus all game. Okay. Uh, sort of like Descent or any of those games, right? Um, where one person's playing the Overlord and the other players are playing Conan and his cohorts. Like okay. Belit and uh, two, other, two other characters in the game. And... Uh, it's going to be an Ameritrash game for sure with a lot of dice rolling, a lot of luck, which typically isn't my style of game that I like, but I like Conan so much. You're going to play it anyway? That I, I hope the theme can overcome the mechanisms right. for me. Hopefully, because yeah. I just love, love Conan the Barbarian. And you just hate hate dice? Not, I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> I think luck in games is great as long as it's mitigatable. Which uh, typically isn't the case with like super Ameritrashy games, you right? Know? So I mean, think about it. We played Lagrania the dice game. That That's true. Game. I mean, it's all it's luck, all dice. Right? You're right. That's but not- it's completely mitigatable with moving them side to side. With you know your roof actions, with your worker actions, right? You know. um, what do you think? Are you excited about this Conan game? Are you a big Conan fan? I I, I am a casual Conan fan. I wouldn't say that I'm a you know super hardcore fan or anything yeah. like that. Um, but the characters, the characters good. The setting's solid. Um, I'm, I'm really curious about this game. I'm not going to say I'm super excited, but, uh, it's certainly not a turnoff and I enjoy miniatures based games. I enjoy one versus all games. Yeah. So, uh, there's, there's nothing here for me to just instantly hate. Sure. I mean, cool. I'm, I'm yeah. totally, I'm totally into trying this out. Yeah. I'm a big enough Conan fan that I've been to, uh, Robert E. Howard days twice. Right. So Robert E. Howard, the creator of Conan is from a town about. 45 minutes from here called Cross Plains. Right. And every year their town's festival is called Robert E. Howard Days where they have, it's just a big Conan-themed town festival. There's nothing wrong with that. Which is insane, right? They open up his house. It's a museum and that's the only time his house is open for tours. Cross Plains, for those of you who don't know, is not a very big town. Uh I mean, it's it's smaller than Stephenville for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, So... There's not a whole lot going on, so the fact that they have this famous author and they use him as a, a way to generate some tourism and some money and honestly also to keep his works alive and yeah. in the, uh, I don't want to say the world consciousness, but certainly you know more more in people's thoughts and minds than they would be otherwise, yeah. uh, all around a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you're a big Conan fan and you ever decide to make the trek out, I don't know how far I would go for it because right. it's cool if you live an hour away like i always, like i have all my life right but you know if you're in texas around that time it's really fun i don't yeah i don't know that i would travel the globe to go to ron howard Unless days you're just but... like ron howard days that's a fun festival too yeah um robert e howard. robert e howard <laughs> ron wrong howard. wrong howard Opie. sorry yeah um so 
if you're just a gigantic Conan fan, then maybe. But yeah, so it's fun. Look up Robert E. Howard is. It's pretty interesting because they'll have stuff about comic books and art all over the place. To see this in a little bitty Texas town. Because like in Hamilton, where I'm from, we right. have the Dove Festival. And De Leon, they have the Peach and Melon Festival. Right. Like these little town festivals. Every, you know? Well, I mean, every town in Texas, it seems like, I don't know if this is literally true, uh, has their little you know, niche thing that they mm-hmm. make a festival out of. Oh, yeah. You know, Heiko's got a chili fest every year in the yeah. spring. And then they also have the their big festival is the Old Settlers Reunion. Right, which is um, which is in the fall. Stephenville has Dairy Fest. Yeah. At 4th of July. 4th so, of yeah, July. every town does it, yeah. Okay, D, let's get um, – did you pick up any games? I did not, okay. unfortunately. Okay, yeah, so we got one game between us, but it's a big one. It's going to take a lot of rule reading. Um which I've been doing more of lately. I've been yes, really sitting down and reading rule books because, I mean, sometimes you just got to show up and read the rule book when you start a game. But that's right. That's not always the best thing. If you can, if someone can show up with some pre knowledge of how the game works, it's always good. You're going to have to still read it a little bit, but yeah, it makes life a whole lot easier. Yeah, for sure. So D, we're going to take another quick break, and uh, D. Before we take that break, we're yep. going to talk about new board game releases. Okay. Okay, so, D, we got a couple of cool things that came out. Comancheria, the rise and fall of the Comanche Empire from GMT Games. It's a solitaire game of trying to control the southern plains of North America. So another game similar to this from the same designer came out from GMT. Um, I like solo games. I don't play them often, but I do play them more regularly, more regularly than a lot of people. Right. And this theme is really cool. I and mean, this- you're fighting other tribes, people from other tribes. Uh, this theme, uh, and it may be because we're in Texas, which was Comanche country. Yeah, we're like um, thirty minutes away from the town of from Comanche. the town of Comanche. Um, that that really speaks to me, and I know will speak to a lot of people around here. Just you know, hey, I get to be the natives and get to take over the place. Yeah, there's for nothing sure. wrong with that. Yeah, and I'm from Hamilton, like I said. And right, Hamilton uh, Elementary School is named after Ann Whitney who was a school teacher, and her schoolhouse was raided by Comanche Indians. So, like, and Comanche that's why she's Indians famous. have been yeah. being, like, bombarded in my head ever since I was a little kid. You right. Know? Um, I, so, anyway, sounds like a really cool game. Comancheria, the rise and fall of the Comanche Empire from GMT Games. The Colonist from Mayfair Games is out now. It's a worker placement game of trying to build the largest settlement. Um, it looks really good. It's gotten some good reviews. Coming out in quarter two this year, First Martians, Adventures on the Red Planet from Portal Games. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, and on January 25th, Santorini from Roxley Games. This is on Tabletopia, which we need to play because this game is getting some of the best reviews of any game in a while. Right. Um, it's an abstract game where you're like these like gods who like are making the people of Santorini in Greece, I think, yes, um, build up their city, and it's like got a 3D element, and you're trying to stack up these things like four high and put like a cap on it, right? And then once you get how many ever of those done, you win the game. Okay, but it's just an abstract game, but it looks really cool. It's not like your typical abstract look, you know. It's got like a big 3D element to it, sure. And it actually like when you're done with the game, it actually. Genuinely, if you Google Santorini, looks like the city of Santorini. That's cool. The way the buildings look. So, D, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, our 2017 anticipation list here on Bags and Boards, here on KXTR 100.7, The Planet. New school, old school, at your school. Playing the best in hip-hop here on KXTR 100.7, The Planet. (laughs) 
Hey, this is your DJ Cushino. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. for Future Sound, my weekly mix show featuring the freshest trap, bass, and EDM from across the globe. Right here on 100.7 FM, The Planet, Stephenville's rock and rap alternative. Because I'm driving a lot. It's okay to roll your windows down and turn your radio all the way up. In my car. Only if you had a tune to the planet. Come on, y'all. Otherwise, it's not okay. <laughs> Got it? Definitely in the car. All right, D. Time to talk about the games we're excited about coming out this year. I got a big list here. We're going to talk about as many of them as we can until sure. the show's end. And uh, we might skip around a little bit. But, uh, like I said, if you're just joining us, Bags and Boards is a board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. Follow us at Bags and Boards TX on Twitter, uh, Bags and Boards TX at gmail.com and Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards, SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards, where you can find all of our episodes, past reviews and interviews, and stuff like that. Circle A Skate Shop D is located inside Game and Movie Traders here in Stephenville, next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories, including trucks, wheels, skate videos, and more. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stephenville on Facebook. So, D, let's get started right away with a big game that I am insanely excited about. Um, I've never played one of these guys' games. They've uh, released a lot of games, including... um, Panamax, uh, they had a bigger game come out last year that I cannot. Oh, I do have one of their games that we just haven't played yet. It's okay. Nippon from yes. What's Your Game. So it is uh, designers Paulo Soledad and Nuno Bizarro Santorio. Brazil is the name of the game. It's B-R-A-S-I-L um, from What's Your Game also. Gold mining in the 18th century in Brazil combined cards to build infrastructure like houses, stores, farms, churches, and roads. So the interesting thing about this game, D, is I think um, I think uh, uh, Terraforming Mars is similar to this also. Okay. But you're working towards common goals while also trying to win the game. So it's not a cooperative game, but you have to work cooperatively just to build up this town so that you're maximizing your own points because you can't do it by yourself. Correct. Pretty uh, interesting, right? Um, it's certainly interesting. Uh, this this category of game, uh, I, I've coined the term pseudo-co-op. Um, it's not a true co-op because the group doesn't win or lose together, but you have to play nice at least to an extent. Yeah. Otherwise, everybody loses. Yeah, and I don't think this is even like a semi-co-op like, say, Castle Panic. Right. Right? This is even less so. But this is just like we're all building this one thing in the middle, not cooperatively because you don't want to really cooperate, but sometimes you have to. So it's like a little less cooperative than even semi-co-op. I would say not cooperative at all, just like, you know, working together towards a common good. Well, I mean, you... I, I put co-op in there because you have to work towards It's a weird category that's kind of hard to define Yeah, because I... Yeah, anyway, so this is a uh, a big game. It's going to be a big, heavy game. Um, What's Your Game has produced good Euro games for a long time, and I'm always excited to play one of their games. I mean, the most recent one of their games that we played was uh, Signoria yes. from What's Your Game, and 
good game. Nippon's going to be good. Uh, I've got uh, another one of their games at home. I've got a copy of Madeira and Railroad Revolution from last year yes. on the way from them. So really excited about all of the games coming out from What's Your Game, but especially Brazil from Paulo Soledad and Nuno Bizarro Santorio. A brass reprint is coming out from Martin Wallace and Roxley Games that includes the two-player map and a new map also coming with that. So uh, Eagle Griffin Games did a Kickstarter for this version, this a deluxe version of brass right right and there was some controversy surrounding it i can't remember what the controversy was but the game kick-started i funded and then it got released but like nobody bought it because of this controversy surrounding it right right so i guess they gave the license or sold the license over to roxley games who are now producing a reprint of it including that two-player map because the game was originally three to five right but i bought it because I don't even know what the controversy yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't tell me what the controversy was. I don't remember. Like, I remember there being a stink about it. Yeah. I can't tell you what it was. So it couldn't have been that big a deal, right? I think it was because people just did not buy this game. And, like, and it's a popular game, too. And it, it had ne- there had never been a two-player version of it. So the two-player map was created by fans right. and adopted by the, the designer, which was pretty cool. That too. is pretty cool that he did that. Um yeah, I don't know, because I was looking at Brass thinking, oh, this is a three to five player game. And then people would talk about this version coming out from Roxley Games. And I kept seeing this say two to five. And I go, it seems like there's already a two player version, but people are acting like there's not. You right. Know? But I bought it. And sure enough, two player map inside there. Metal Coins, amazing edition from uh, Eagle Griffin Games. I got it. I don't know if that one's still available, but if you're not going to buy that one, there's another version coming out from and, Roxley this year. And that may have been the issue was they said, sure, Roxley, you can print this game. Oh, by the way, we're going to make a, a new copy of it ourselves, too. Yeah, that could be, too. Um, but anyway, Brass is, I've got to play Brass once at HeavyCon right. uh, last year. Such a fun game. And the games are always more fun when you uh, destroy everybody your oh, first sure. game. So I had a lot of fun in that game. Um, Container, a rep- there's a lot of reprints here. Reprint of Container from Franz DeLong and Thomas Ewart from and Mercury Games is coming out. Players play producers and shippers of goods, shipping these goods to a remote island. And it's got these pretty cool uh, container game pieces too. Um, this is a big grail game. I mean, this is a game that Euro game lovers want that hasn't been in print for a long time. Right. So just like we talk about a lot, all of these Euro games getting reprints now. Like the demand is finally there for them to want to meet it. And I mean, I'm so excited about that, man. Yeah, I mean, Mercury Games, Capstone Games, um, and then, uh, like Spielworks is actually doing second printings of games now. Right. Yeah. Um, Stronghold is publishing games from Spielworks and other companies that produce heavier games. Yes. Splatter is actually doing reprints now. So, I mean, yeah. And our, our next game on the list here also falls into this category of getting, of, of old games getting reprints. Yeah, you're right. CO2, I believe was Vital Lacerda's first game. Um, and I, can't, I don't know the company it came out from, but uh, the reprint is coming out from Geochicks um, or Geochicks.it. Players are the CEOs of an energy company responding to requests from the government for new green power plants while also trying to stop pollution and meet the demand for sustainable energy. Um, this is like the Vital Lacerda game that people really love. I mean, Rado loves this game. Right? Yes. But also it's gotten some bad reviews because I think this game has some really interesting mechanisms that also might be cooperative in some form you okay. know, that uh, turn people off at first. But um, I think they've overhauled the rules in this version. So 
I'm excited to try. CO2 coming out from Vital Lacerda and geochicks.it. Fugitive from Tim Fowers, always excited about a Tim Fowers game. Two-player filler weight game set in the Burgle Brothers universe. Card play with, with this game with one player playing the fugitive trying to make it out of town and the other player as the agent trying to stop them. So Burgle Bros, even though I haven't played it, looks like a really awesome game. I love paperback from Tim Fowers, and I love that he is self-publishing these games. Absolutely. You know? It's pretty cool. Self-publishing is not an easy thing to do. No, I'm sure uh, not. But if you can get it done and make it look good, I mean, it's that much more notoriety to your game. Yeah. Um, Burgle Bros being a prime example of that. That game looks really cool just yeah, looking at the packaging and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, Paperback also, really cool-looking game. I mean, he's do, he does a really good job, and I love the style of box that he releases it in. Where yes. It's like, a, it's like a smaller box, but like it does the lid doesn't close all the way. Which sounds bad, but it looks But cool. it actually looks yeah. really cool, yes. And like in Burgle Bros, if you turn the box up, box up on its side, it's a, it looks like a skyscraper. Yes. Which is pretty cool. So uh, Gentis, G-E-N-T-E-S, Gentis from Stefan Reisthaus and Spielworks. We talked about that a little earlier. Excited to try that out. A Handful of Stars from Martin Wallace and Tree Frog Games. This is a two-player deck-building game and the third game in the line of these two-player deck-builders that includes A Few Acres of Snow and Mythotopia. So this also is kind of notable because it is the last game that Tree Frog will produce. Tree Frog, uh, originally called War Frog, it's Martin Wallace's company. Right. And he's just decided. And I think it's like an amicable thing. Nothing bad happened. He just decided that he doesn't want to publish games anymore. He just wants to design them. How many games, and this is something that I don't know if you know the answer to. We may have to look this up for a, for a future show. How many games did Tree Frog produce that were not Martin Wallace games? Because I kind of get the feeling, any. yeah, kind of get the feeling that this was just his own personal yeah, in-house yeah. publishing. Yeah, and if that's the case, um, there's really not much reason for him not to say, "Oh, well, I'm you know I'm self-publishing this as well." Yeah, yeah. Get yeah, that. that's true, but I don't think he's going to do that. He doesn't want to do that. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think that's why Tree Frog is closing. Yeah, because he doesn't want to yeah. produce and publish his own games. He wants somebody else he, to do that work. But if he decided to, he could. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but I think what it was is he just originally said, "I want to publish games, and I don't want to have to worry about looking for a publisher." So he started publishing them himself, and I think he's just gotten his name to the point, which it's been for a long time. But it's, I guess he's now going to do it. His name is at the point where he. I mean. All of his games are going to get picked up by publishers, so why not let them do all of that work? Sure. And him design, you know? Absolutely. And spend more time designing and, you know. Yeah, it just gives him that much more free time to work on whatever the next big project is. Yeah, for sure. So if you're interested in this, last game from Tree Frog and in that cool two-player deck building line uh, with a few acres of snow, a handful of stars. This one I'm really excited about, D, because I didn't know if I was going to be get a chance to buy this game. Okay. Lignum from Alexander Humor and Capstone Games. This is the U.S. release from Capstone of this game about 19th century woodcutters in Germany. So I played this game uh, once, um, and it's a really, really cool game. You've okay. got your workers, and it's a... It's a circular board, like a pathway going circular, okay. which is similar to um, like Takedo, the way Takedo works, Sure, where you can go, like you get a bonus for getting to the end last, but you also have to stop along the way to get things, right? And if someone else stops in a space, you're not going to go there. In some places, there's multiple spaces, but not many. So if someone stops in a space, you have to go past them and get what you can, and you can go as far as you want to go. Like, you could just go from the first space to the last space if you wanted. Right. But you're also having to stop along the way to get stuff. So there's a big balance there of 
how far do I want to go to get these bonuses versus how many places do I want to stop? Exactly. You know, so if like three of the four people that are playing finish and you're still halfway through, you could stop at every single space because you're going to be last. Just I mean. collect every resource because yeah. you're going to be last anyway. And then it's got this. So you do that to get all these resources. Right. right. And then and you're also getting sleds and wagons and horses and things like that. Then you have to actually cut your wood, process it and ship it. OK. Right? So you can uh, ship it by wagon, by horse and wagon. You can ship it down the river. So you're having to build up all of these processes. It's definitely like got an engine building feel where you're like your operation is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Sure. Um, and it is a fun, fun game. I loved this game so much. It's probably my favorite game that I played at HeavyCon. Wow, that's Hands pretty down. high price. So yeah, I uh, I absolutely love this game, and I'm excited that it's going to be coming out in the United States. From Capstone Games, and I will be picking this up for sure. This sounds like something we're going to be covering in the show sometime in 2017. Yes, for sure. And I think you're going to like it, too. It's it's a Euro it sounds game, like a good game really, really interesting mechanisms, right? Sure. There was a game called Versailles from NSKN Games, which had you going around. It wasn't quite like that, but you it had that circular rondelle feel. Right. Um, and I just, I really like that. I like that circular board you know the new game from stronghold games uh the great western trail which i desperately want to play sure is um because i just love westerns and euros yes you do that you put those two together you know um it's got that circular rondelle feel i just like that i really do it's a good way to do worker placement you know right um so Next, Lisboa, which we talked about a little earlier from yes, Vital Lacerda and Eagle Griffin Games. I think Vital is like Eagle Griffin Games is going to be his publisher now because they are putting out incredible looking versions of his games. And I mean, I don't think I think he's just at the point where no other publisher is going to do his games better than they are. Because if you look at the gallerist, I mean, I've never seen chits that thick as are in the gallerist, you know? Uh, yes, absolutely. And they produced the reprint of um they produced the reprint of Vinos for him and now they're doing Lisboa. So he's got another game we're gonna talk about later. I don't know that they're doing that and they're not doing the CO two reprint, but it seems like mostly he's going with uh, Eagle Griffin now. Well I've I, I've met a few of the good people at uh, Eagle Griffin games from going to cons and things like that. And uh, the company is full of good people and I own a couple of their games and have played a couple more. All of the games yeah. that, the, by them that I've played and... are good, high-quality, you know, durable, sturdy games with good artwork. They look and feel like high-quality games. Yeah, they really do. Uh, You're right. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Vital Lacerda just used them as his main distributor uh, because they, they put out good, good games. They just yeah. do. And, I mean, if you are a designer who finds a company that produces that high-quality stuff, that's willing to put out your gigantic, heavy Euro games, stick with them. Absolutely. You know? um, so Lisboa, it's a game about the reconstruction of Lisboa after the earthquake there in 1755. So it's a city-building economic Euro game played on a real map of downtown Lisbon. So um, this is another one of the games on here that is going to be like an absolute grab for me. There's been know? a handful of games that have come out recently that I've noticed that are made to look very much like real places or played on uh, actual maps of big places, Pandemic Iberia being a, a prime example. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Santorini, you said it looks like the actual yeah. island of Santorini. Yeah. Um, that that personally is a, just a, an automatic little bit, just a little tiny draw. If I'm already interested in it, yeah. it's going to pull me in a little bit more. If I'm not automatically you know, interested in it, 
it's still like that's going to get my attention at least for a moment so that maybe you can grab my attention. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And um, there there have been a lot more, too. I can't pull up any, but you're right. There do seem to be a lot of the games where you're playing on more of a realistic version of that area. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's Lisboa, and it's another – I mean, Vital Lacerda, I mean, he's got my number, D. Yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah, in he the does. Way, and the way that Uwe Rosenberg – he had it, and I guess probably still has it. Vital has it also. Right. Well, Uve hasn't, like, there haven't been any huge games, in ter- like, Except big, the, meaty, heavyweight games from him recently. Yeah. He's I mean, put out games. A feast but, for Odin, but he's also been doing a lot of smaller games, like right. patchwork and stuff like that, which is cool, but it seems like there's a new crop of designers taking over that mantle yes. from Steffenfeld and Uwe Rosenberg. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because um, Steffenfeld has just gone down this like thematic path where he's putting out these way different games than he typically would. And they're super, like, for lack of a better word, they're themalicious. I mean, they're, they're yeah. just... The, the themes of the games are really appealing and really draw players in, but they are far from what he is usually known for. Yeah, that's true, for sure. Uh, next up, uh, two games that uh, I are also must-gets for me. Uh, the first is Commands and Colors Medieval from Richard Borg and GMT Game. It's just what it sounds like. It's Commands and Colors, which is Richard Borg's two-player um Sometimes introductory, sometimes a little heavier than introductory war game series. Uh, they're not quite as heavy as like big, deep war games. They're very accessible, but so much fun. And I've got at home, I've got the Civil War version, the Ancients version. I've got the Great War, which is World War One, and I've got Samurai Battles. So I've already got four of these games, but I'm down to get more. Um, Commands and Colors is probably my favorite system that exists. Right. I mean, I love Commands and Colors. Medieval sounds really cool. And also coming out from Compass Games is Commands and Colors Tricorn, the American Revolution, also Richard Borg. Yeah, as, as an American who doesn't love American Revolution games, yeah. Um, the the medieval theme really speaks to me. These, these are two games that I definitely want to get my hands on as yeah, well. These look sure. really cool. And Richard Borg has also said at some point, I saw in an interview with him where he's going to be doing a, just like he did Battle Lore, right. which was a fantasy version of Commands and Colors, like get, getting away from like historical wars. You right. know? Um, he's going to be doing a sci-fi version as well. Sure. Which will be cool. Um, Millennium Blade set rotation expansion. So this includes new booster packs. I mean, new starting decks and new booster packs and right. stuff for Millennium Blades. Um, I played Millennium Blades the one time. It it didn't. The more I think about it, the more I think like, you know, the the get I I was expecting something different than what I got. Right. But what I got was actually pretty good. I want to play it more for sure. Uh, Millennium Blades. I've played it probably four times, something like that. Um, it is certainly dawning, and there's a big learning curve to it. Uh, the first time I played it, I had no clue what was going on until the game was pretty much over. Yeah. And it, it was indicated by my score. Um, yeah. But there's there's a lot of meat on those bones. There's lots of stuff to do. And uh, an expansion pack, for those who really love the game and have played it, you know, yeah. 10, 12, 14 times, they've, they, they're to the point that they're starting to know all the cards in the box. Uh, I expect us to do pretty well. Yeah, awesome, man. So Millennium Blade set rotation. Um, next up is the other game from Vital Lacerda. It may not even come out this year. I mean, D, it may not even come out next year. It may not but, come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's called On Mars, 
and no publisher, no release date, but another game of Atal Lacerda that you can get excited about. Yep. Um, big crop of Mars games. I mean, this happens, right, just in pop culture um, where something sparks the imaginations of a lot of other creative people, and then a year or two later, you get a bunch of stuff about that thing. Absolutely. Like, you had The Martian plus like what um, SpaceX is doing, you know, with all their, you know, thoughts about traveling to Mars and stuff, plus the book The Martian's based on, things like that. Absolutely. Now all of a sudden, just in board games, we've got four, five games about Mars coming out in a year and a half. That's, uh, yeah, I guess that's about right. No, there, yeah, because you've got the Portal one, the Stronghold yep. one, the other one that didn't get very good reviews, this one, and one more that I might not be thinking of, or there's at least four. There's at least four within within a 15-month window there, um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some more following yeah. in these footsteps. Pretty wild, huh? Um, this is the movies, one I'm most excited about. Movies are a prime example of this. You know, we had we had one or two good vampire movies, and then bang, there's monster movies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm excited about this one on Mars, but the other one that's really exciting is First Martians Adventures on the Red Planet from Portal Games. Right. Which um, we were we mentioned it in the release dates earlier. It's going to be coming out in the second quarter of this year. But what it is, is uh, I played Robinson Crusoe once, which is a really, really fun cooperative game. Right. But this one takes it to a new level. It's going to be set on Mars. And um, what it's going to have is let me see if I can find it here. It's going to include a oh, – it's in the release date. It's going to include an app that is going to control different elements of the game. Right. But what you can do is you can play the game as a series of separate games in a legacy format with each game building on the last, or you can play it as a single open-world game. Okay. Which is really cool. That Plus is pretty app cool. control to control all of the different stuff, you know. Uh, the cool thing about Robinson Crusoe is you're exploring and you're getting tools and stuff, but you've got this thing that when you go exploring or hunting, it gives you a benefit now if you want it, but if you take that benefit, you you put it, you shuffle it into the deck right. that you're drawing from to do this other thing, and at some point you're going to draw that card and you're going to have to do the bad thing on that card. Yes. So Robinson Crusoe, really cool game. This one's going to be even cooler, I bet. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. I like the theme of Robinson Crusoe because it's Robinson Crusoe, Swiss Family Robinson, King Kong Island, or Skull Island. Skull Island, it's yeah. all of those themes in one. There's different scenarios. You know? Okay. But uh, this one I'm really excited about. Um, let's see. Uh, Pendragon, The Rise and Fall of the Roman Britain from GMT. It's a new Ancients coin game. Rusherford, 1769 to 1890 from Thomas Spitzer and Capstone Games. Reprint from Capstone Games of the second game in Thomas Spitzer's Cold Trilogy. The last year they did the first game in that trilogy. Um, so definitely want to try that out. Charterstone from Jamie Stegmeier and Stonemeyer Games. Here we go with a couple legacy games. Yeah. Um, this is a legacy Euro economic simulation. Dia, I'm excited about this because so far we've had we haven't had a Euro legacy game. We've had a 4X one. We've had Pandemic. We've had, uh, you know, Risk. Yes. But we haven't had a, a, a Euro-y one. And this is from Jamie Stegmeier, Scythe, um, Viticulture. I mean, this good is going to be good. Gloomhaven from Cephala Fair Game, a legacy game set in a fantasy world with card-driven combat system. Also, gigantic box. This is going to be really good. Plus, Pandemic Legacy Season 2. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Fuse Flatline from Ren Renegade Game Studios. New version of Fuse where you're working in like a medical situation rather than defusing bombs. Right. Could be cool, right? Should be. F Fuse is a good game. Uh, Pioneer Days, um, 
Old West Pioneer simulation using dice drafting. And the interesting thing here, the dice that aren't drafted are going to contribute to disasters that you have to deal with later. Ooh. Um, uh, we talked about First Martians. Kung Fu Panda, the board game. I would really like to try this just because I love Kung Fu Panda, and I bet it would be a good family game. I bet you're a huge Jack Black fan, aren't you? Uh, I like Jack Black okay, but I love Kung Fu Panda. Okay. I've seen Tenacious D Live, yeah. which is pretty cool, and I do love Jack Black. I mean, You're doesn't? one of like seven people who can say that. But no, I'm I would, joking. I wouldn't say that I <laughs> love Jack Black. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Thrashing Dice. This is another one I really want to get my hands on. A game came out uh, last year, the year before, called Thrash and Roll. Yes. It was a worker placement game about um, being in a metal band. Yes, it was. Um, and this is just a reprint of that. Thrashing Dice. It's now called Thrashing Dice. Okay. There's um, nothing wrong with that. A game that I'm insanely excited about, D, Perfect Storm Alaska from Andre Novak and NSKN Games. Versailles from three, four years ago was uh, Andre Novak's last game. He's been producing other people's games. I love Progress Evolution of Technology. I love Versailles. Um, Praetor is a great game. I like Andre Novak and NSKM. And this theme here, fishing on the Bering Sea off of Alaska, you start with like a basic ship and crew and build up from there. I'm, I'm guessing that this Excited is... Uh, about this. I'm guessing that this is crabbing. With all of the deadliest catch things and things it like that. It might be. I was looking for the word crab in there and didn't see it. I was scanned over this pretty quick, but you, you're right. It might be. I mean, it could be Alaskan cod or something like that. But yeah. with all those TV shows yeah, that have been right. out about that, it, it wouldn't be surprised if they but, took advantage of that being in the the, the collective consciousness yeah, yeah. of North America. But this is a Euro game with a great theme from a designer I like. Sure. A lot. Um also, three games I really want to get. Tiny Epic Quest, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea, and Tiny Epic Galaxies Out of the Black expansion from Gamelin Games, Scott Alms. I have been drooling over Heroes of Land, Sea, and Air since the first time I saw anything about it. Yeah. I cannot wait so, yeah, to get my hands be, on this game. It's going to be like a big version of his Tiny Epic games, which exactly. is going to be cool. So, I mean, everybody likes, his, everybody likes his Tiny Epic games. What is our number one complaint about the Tiny Epic series? It's tiny. Yeah, I wish they were a little bigger. And now we're getting a big game of the exact same stuff. Man, I am so psyched. You're right, D. So I hope everybody enjoyed our list of games uh, coming out in 2017. Get excited about these games. A lot of Euros there. D, maybe next week uh, we can talk about a few Ameritrash games. Yeah. Just look through some games, see if there's some stuff you like. Because when I'm putting together a list, my eyes are just scanning over those mostly. You know what I right. mean? Right. But uh, see if you can find some stuff that would be cool for people who are into American thematic style board games. Sure, will do. So uh, once again, Bags and Boards, you can follow us on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX, Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards, but most important, SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards. You can find all of those links, listen to all of our audio, including this show every Thursday morning up on our SoundCloud page. D, uh, real quick, Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater. Games and Game and Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade for both used and new video games. They offer new and classic video games for all systems, including PS4, Xbox One, as well as Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all consoles in between. Information at 965game or at facebook.com slash gameandmovietradersesville. D, we're going to get out of here. Coming up in... Um uh, coming up next week, we've got Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Yes, sir. In two weeks, we're talking about the networks, which uh, the second printing is going to be in stores March 1st. So I'm glad we're going to be talking yeah, about that. Yeah, that's a great timing. D, let's get out of here, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good night, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Boy Club. Four, 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 four. Four.